After seven years, we're declaring it a Colorado tradition. From CPR News and KRCC, it's the Colorado Matters Holiday Extravaganza. This year, you'll be serenaded by a woman who fended off a tangle of rattlesnakes. You'll laugh with a comedian whose first gig was at a Boulder dinner table. Meet the rabbi of one of Colorado's oldest synagogues, plus Christmas and Kwanzaa traditions with a New Orleans flavor. I'm your MC, May Ortega, from CPR's podcast, Quien Are We? Let's welcome our host, Ryan Warner. May, thank you. Thank you, May Ortega. And welcome, everyone. We are coming to you this year from the most stunning spot, ceiling so high, Michaela Schifrin would be tempted to ski down. Behind me, an organ that would make a transplant surgeon jealous. And around us, stained glass that would comfort Tiffany. This is Central Presbyterian Church in Denver, built in 1892, a place not only for prayer, but a popular concert venue as well. And we will begin with our headliner this year. Please welcome singer-songwriter and musical theater maven, Neela Pekarik, with I've Got My Love to Keep Me Warm.
Neela has come over to our cozy living room, our fake fireplace, a larger-than-life menorah, and a Christmas tree that would make Liberace blush. <laughs> Neela Pekarik, former member of the Lumineers, you've had just an enormous year. Uh, her musical Rattlesnake Kate debuted at the Denver Center for the Performing Arts. It is based on the true story of Catherine Slaughterback, who fended off a parade of rattlers to save her child. Neela was also in Futurity this year, a science fiction musical set during the Civil War about a soldier who tries to build a machine that creates peace. And happy holidays, Neela. You too, Ryan. Thanks so much. So our muse this evening is Judy Garland, her 1963 Christmas special, uh, it was my inspiration for the holiday extravaganza seven years ago. And if you're thinking, Ryan, that's really gay, uh, then my, my response is, it is super gay because I am. It's super gay. Yeah. Judy covered that Irving Berlin classic. I think Ella Fitzgerald did as well, Billie Holiday, Dean Martin. Why did you pick it? I kind of like songs that are wintry as opposed to having kind of a denomination to them oh. at, um, at the holidays. And it's just been one of my favorites at, at the holiday season. And I think as a kid, I would get kind of sad when Christmas was over. And so I would cling to those songs that you could keep singing because they weren't necessarily Christmas songs, yes. but it was a winter song. <laughs> That's right. If you keep singing a winter song, it's not weird in February. That's right. Uh -huh. Still have to stay warm. We spoke earlier this year on Colorado Matters uh, as your musical Rattlesnake Kate was playing in Denver. How many shows did you do altogether of that? I think it was about 40 total. 40 performances. Now that the run has finished, what, what did you take from that experience? Um, it was truly one of the greatest joys of my life. That sounds so dramatic, but it's just true. <laughs> um, it was such an honor to get to work with all these people on an idea that I had. And I remember the first day in the theater with all these amazing tech designers and costume designers and our amazing actors and thinking like they're all talking about Rattlesnake Kate, this person that I've been talking about for like a decade. And yeah. It just was amazing to have that kind of collaboration and I'm just so grateful I got to do it. I understand you have created a new holiday tradition. It's a family talent show. I can't imagine being up against Neela Pekarik at a family talent show. What talents do the other members of your family have? Oh, my poor family. Um, <laughs> they begrudgingly do this, which is really kind. I sort of started this tradition um, maybe like four or five years ago. I have a little nephew, and he's maybe a little bit more like his auntie and likes the spotlight. So um, we started doing these talent shows, but I required my whole family to participate, which is... <laughs> And uh, I have a sister who's an um, incredibly introverted librarian, and so this is pure torture for her. Uh -huh. um, but I'm the little sister, so that's my job, to torture her. <laughs> it's to continue <laughs> to torture her into adulthood. Yes, but my dad, a couple years ago, or maybe even the last one, he wrote down a bunch of jokes from the internet, so he didn't write his own jokes. Um, and I saw him, like, hunched over the iPad, like, scribbling furiously onto a piece of paper, and he brought it up and, and told a whole bunch of jokes uh, that he found on the internet. 
Do you remember one? I called him today to ask (laughs) (laughs) if he could remember. Um, And he said a lot of them were like Stephen Wright and George Carlin jokes. And so um, one that he told was, for my birthday, I bought myself a humidifier and I bought a dehumidifier and I put them in the room together and let them fight it out. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Neela. It's been a real pleasure. One of our state's oldest synagogues is in the southern Colorado mining town of Trinidad, a red brick building that dates back to 1889. Not long ago, it was named one of Colorado's most endangered places. Today, it's on the cusp of becoming a national historic landmark. And there's another turning point to mention. Its rabbi is retiring. So is its cantor, its singer, that just so happens to be the same guy. Let's give an extravagant welcome to Rabbi Dr. Rob Lenick. What does it feel like to step inside Temple Aaron? You feel like you're stepping into a stream of history and consciousness for the tens of thousands of people that have worshiped in that humble space since the congregation started back in 1883. You can feel the presence. You can feel the light, actually, emanating from inside that very beautiful place. Are there particular architectural details or maybe quirks that stand out to you? Well, the inside and the outside of the building have remained unchanged throughout this entire time, and all the original ritual objects are there. There's a beautiful spire on the top of the building sitting on top of a hill, and all the original woodwork is there, Mm. including the piping for the original oil lamps that used to operate inside the sanctuary. It's been updated since then. It has been Uh updated, yes. But the building still needs some TLC, doesn't it? It does. In fact, we just obtained a new boiler, so we could actually have activities in the winter. (laughs) And that was an exciting accomplishment. And the roof needs to be worked on after all these years. But you know what? Those are just on the surface. The inside, to all of us, is just perfect. If I were to name Jewish cities in the United States, Trinidad, Colorado. (laughs) It wouldn't be, you know, in the top 3,000. This is true. Tell me about why Temple Aaron is in Trinidad. Well, when the movement to the west was taking place, there was a great railroad crossing to the southern Rocky Mountains through Trinidad, Colorado. Hmm. There was a large Jewish community there at that time. In fact, the first mayor of Trinidad was a Jewish gentleman. Hmm. And then they formed a congregation, a Jewish congregation, and they acquired a cemetery. And then they, for a number of years, had a Jewish school and had wonderful interfaith relationships around the community of Trinidad and eventually built their building. And what's amazing story is when the building was dedicated, a number of the churches in town were there back in 1889. And that spirit of being together as one community has prevailed to this very day. To this day. Well, Temple Aaron's new boiler means you can have Hanukkah celebrations once again. 
because those take place in the winter without freezing your tukas off, I guess. You're going to perform Light One Candle by Peter Yarrow of Peter, Paul, and Mary. And why did you choose it as a symbol of Hanukkah? Well, first of all, Temple Aaron almost disappeared not too many years ago. And there were some incredibly dedicated people who kept the light burning. And this song is about, you know, don't let the light go out. And it's a recognition, especially this time of the year, we all have a light to share, you know. You can curse the darkness or praise the light. And I think that's what this season is really about, praising the light. You know, we don't want to let the light go out, the light of hope. And we don't want to let the light go out, the light of justice. And most of all, we're in it together. We cannot let the light go out for love. Light one candle for the Maccabee children with thanks that their light didn't die. Light one candle for the pain they endured when their right to exist was denied. Light one candle for the incredible sacrifice justice and freedom demand. Light one candle for the wisdom to know that the peacemaker's time is at hand. Don't let the light go out. It's lasted for so many years. Don't let the light go out. Let it shine through our love and our tears. Light one candle for the strength that we need to never become our own foe. Oh, light one candle for those who are suffering a pain we learned so long ago. Oh, light one candle for all we believe in. Let anger not tear us apart. Light one candle to bind us together with peace as a song in our hearts. Don't let the light go out. It's lasted for so many years. Don't let the light go out. Let it shine through our love and our tears. Don't let the light go out. It's lasted for so many years. Don't let the light go out. Let it shine through our love and our tears. What is the memory that's valued so highly? We keep it alive in that flame. What's the commitment to those who have died? We cry out, they've not died in vain. Oh, we have come this far, always believing that justice will somehow prevail. Oh, this is the burden, and this is the promise, and this is why we will not fail. Don't let the light go out. It's lasted for so many years. Sing with me. Don't let the light go out. Let it shine through our love and our tears. Don't let the light go out. It's lasted for so many years. 
Don't let the light go out Let it shine through our love and our tears Don't let the light go out Don't let the light go out Don't let the light go out Rabbi Dr. Rob Lenick, who's retiring from Temple Aaron in Trinidad. At 133, it's one of Colorado's oldest synagogues. He performed Light One Candle by Peter Yarrow. Our seventh annual Colorado Matters holiday extravaganza continues in the shake of a reindeer's tail. We'll find out how funny a bolder childhood can be, and I will spill a family secret. I'm May Ortega, and you're with CPR News and KRCC. It's time to part ways with your beloved car, but you want it to go somewhere it'll truly be appreciated. So donate it to CPR. Instead of sitting and gathering dust, your tax-deductible car donation will fuel Colorado Public Radio. You love your old car. Now let it bring you the programs you love. It's so easy and convenient to donate your car at CPR.org support. Welcome back to the Colorado Matters Holiday Extravaganza from CPR News and KRCC. I'm Ryan Warner. This is a show so big, we actually took to social media to crowdsource this joke, and I asked for Colorado references only. So uh, if these bomb, it's listeners' fault. This is a show so big, not even the Western Slope feels left out. <laughs> this is a show so big, Matt Stone and Trey Parker may buy it. <laughs> this is a show so big, it's been deemed a 15er. <laughs> a show so big, Comcast and Altitude are still arguing over the rights to it. <laughs> A show so big, CDOT said it would take three to five years to complete. Okay, if you laugh, I get the credit. All right, maybe we leave the jokes to our next guest, award-winning comedian John Novosad's first stage was his family's dinner table in Boulder. He'll tell us about that in a bit, but first, his bit. And for the listening audience, a lot of John's comedy is about his looks. So I feel like I should mention his hair in particular. It's gray and long and kind of splays out like a mane, but less organized. Here's John Novosad. Thanks, everyone. Uh, I'm so happy to be here tonight. You know, and I, I did a show last night, and some woman asked if my hair was natural. And I'm like, where would you go to get your hair done like this, you know? <laughs> she said PetSmart, and 
That stung a little bit, but she was right. It's a heck of a deal. So I've been going back every six to eight weeks, and <laughs> that flea bath is tough. So I'm a bus rider. I don't think that comes as a real shock. Uh, when you get a good look at me, I don't think you guys are like, I bet this guy can drive the heck out of a car, man. I'm <laughs> if you really get a good look at me, I got a weird eye going that way, which, you know, makes it weird at four-way stops. Uh, people are like, which way is this guy going to go, you know? But I do ride the bus, and weird things happen to me just in general, and the bus magnifies it. Like, say that that stool is a bus stop. This happened to me, and hey, I'm from Boulder. I don't think that comes as a real shock either. I don't think you guys looking at me like, I'll bet this guy's from Castle Rock. Uh, <laughs> it's fun to do the local references, you know. But yeah, I'm from Colorado. I don't ski because I'm already sliding downhill in so many other areas of my life. But this happened to me at a bus stop in Colorado. It was dark, like I say, say that that stool is a bus stop. I walked up to the bus stop like you normally would, and I startled this woman, you know, and I get it, I'm a weird-looking guy, whoever you want to say it, but we live in America, right? We have freedom of choice. I choose to look like this, you know, like... <laughs> well, people don't usually laugh there, but what the heck, <laughs> you know? Uh, so I walk up to this bus stop, I startle this woman, she gets really close to me, and she says, are you all right? <laughs> Do you have somewhere to go? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's why I'm at a bus stop. I'm, I'm going places. I don't think I can time it much better. Now, I want to talk about today's topics a little bit, you know? And I do. I think the problem is oil. And it's not that we need to conserve it. We need to use it all up, you know? So knowing that, I bought a 1978 Buick Electra. <laughs> and I put it up on blocks, and I'm running it 24-7, man. <laughs> and I'm doing it on stolen credit cards, so, you know, trying to bring down Bank of America, too. <laughs> but here's the other thing, you know, the national debt. Everybody talks about the national debt. And I hear politicians or, you know, even news commentators say, I don't want to see our grandchildren paying off the national debt. And I'm like, I do, you know? <laughs> that is the only plan that makes sense so far, man. Let's, let's put these kids to work. Hey, Billy, here's a new game called Sewing Machine, son. <laughs> That one made me laugh, because I forget these and then I hear them again, you know? I think I'm writing new stuff I'm just remembering. So, but you know, I ride in the bus, you walk a lot, and I try to get 10,000 steps a day. That's what the doctors tell you. So I even went so far as to buy one of those pedometers that you clip on your belt, and then I lost it, you know? So I was bummed, because I don't have a lot of extra pedometer cash laying around the house, so then I was like, well, I'll just keep track in my head of my steps. <laughs> and honestly, that's what happened to my eye, man. I was like doing some heavy math and my eyes like, I'm out, man. I can't, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> so then I sat down on the sidewalk and tried to recount my steps and some, <laughs> Someone walked by and they thought I was drunk and they suggested 12 steps and I'm like, I know I made it farther than that, man. That's, 
That's 40 feet tops if you're taking big steps. All right, you guys seem like a math crowd, so that's good. I just have a couple more things. But now I want to talk about this, because we're on standard time now, and I like daylight savings time better, you know? And they say that you gain an hour, though, when you go from daylight savings time to standard time, and that's not true. But I came up with a plan where you really do gain an hour, and it's called daylight driving time, and here's how it works. You drive 95 miles an hour in a 65-mile-an-hour zone for 205 miles, you have picked up an hour. You know, that's... <laughs> That's the good news. Uh, the bad news is you're in Nebraska, but you're an hour ahead now. You guys have been so much fun. I just have one more thing. You know, a lot of comics sell T-shirts or CDs after the show, and I'm actually, I am selling a book tonight. I didn't write it, but I am selling it, so I just have the one, so see me in a hurry. Thank you all so much. So much fun. Thank you. John, you grew up in Boulder, and I understand your first audience was your family and your little sister well, especially. Yeah, actually uh, older. I have an older brother and older sister, and I would just, you know, make my mom and uh, brother and sister laugh during breakfast or lunch, you know. Uh, I guess I held off on dinner. No, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I would make them laugh, and especially my sister, and my goal was to, like, make my sister, you know, shoot milk out her nose. <laughs> and my mom was, you know, pretty understanding about it, I guess. So that's really how I started. But yeah, I was cutting up around the old dinner table. So I'm curious, when you became a comedian and you played clubs where people are, you know, imbibing, have you seen someone shoot whiskey out of their nose? <laughs> well, I have, but it wasn't at a comedy club. No. Uh, <laughs> Um, no, I've, ne <laughs> I've never seen any, but that's a new goal for me, okay, for sure. Okay, there you go, all right. I'll tell you this, with my eyes, they better be in the front row, you know. Oh, sorry. Your favorite showbiz story involves your mom, Lucille. Right. And the house you grew up in. Will you take us back, I think it's to 2006. Yeah, um, I was lucky enough to do the Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson in 2006, so that was my network late night television debut. And the way it worked is you tape on a Monday and then it aired on a Friday, right? And so I had all kinds of friends and stuff going, hey, we'll have a party and watch it. But that was one of those times in life where I just made such a good choice. I said I wanted to, I get emotional when I talk about this, but I said I wanted to watch it with my mom. Mm -hmm. And so I went to the house I grew up in, brought a six pack of beer, I'm gonna sleep on the couch. This show comes on at uh, 10.35 and the comic goes on at like 11.30 so my mom is like she goes what happens if we fall asleep and I'm like it's my network television debut mom I mean if you want to take a nap go ahead but believe me I'm going to be up so and then I brought some beer so I'm drinking some beer she's like boy you're really you know drinking some beers there and I'm like again it's my network television debut I'm sleeping on the couch I think I can drive the couch you know so we watched it, and it is my favorite showbiz story because I watched my network television debut 
with the one person that I didn't have anything to prove, you know? And that was amazing. Mm -hmm. Ah, thanks. John, thank you so much. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thanks, everybody. Let's spend a little time now with our announcer, the inimitable May Ortega. You will recognize, ah, yes. <laughs> You will recognize her voice as a host on CPR News and host and co-creator of CPR's Quien Are We, which is about, gosh, what it is to be Latino, Hispanic, Chicana, and May, happy holidays. Happy holidays to you, Ryan. We are going to eavesdrop on a phone call, is that right? Yes, so I rang up my mom, who lives in the Rio Grande Valley in Southern Texas, where I am from so she could share a family secret, the making of a stew called menudo. And this stew, this soup, is made with cow's stomach or panza. First off, por, yo no sé cómo hacer menudo, like at all, porque it seems very <laughs> intimidating, porque it has like a lot of seasonings and stuff, and I don't know how to do all that. Well, I used to do that, all the chiles and all that, and then... <laughs> I found out there's a jar that says menudo mix. So now I use that. <laughs> and it's so delicious. Uh, work smarter, not harder. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Entonces, how long have you been making menudo at all for? Desde cuando? I mean, it's not since I got married because we've been married 30 years, but it's about 20 years, I think. It's a big thing. I mean, it's, you don't make it every day. It's like once every three months because it's a lot of work and it's huge. And, you know, you have to invite your whole family because it's a lot. You can't make a little thing. It has to no. be a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Porque they sell the, like, cans of the, the hominy, right? They're really big. <laughs> oh, yeah. We buy the big one because everybody, my sisters love the granos that we call the granos. Yeah. <laughs> so I buy big cans. They're huge. We do it on Christmas, we do it on mm -hmm. birthdays. We don't do it every day because it's a big thing. And nowadays, it's so expensive. It's like 75 bucks. ¿Te acuerdas why you started making it to begin with? Like, ¿por qué lo querías hacer? Because it's delicious and we want to have it home instead of... If you buy it here around, it's not the same. It doesn't taste the same. Yeah. Like my mother's or my grandma's. You know, you have to learn how to make it and taste it until it's delicious. And you say, okay, it's done. It's yeah, I feel like I can thing. still remember the smell, actually. And oh, I'm like, yeah. oof, that is not a good smell. It's not good. <laughs> and when it's ready to serve, I, I, I like to chop up some onions and some cilantro and some limes and orale. Everybody can do it. And with a tortilla de maíz, the corn tortilla. Yeah. But one of my sister likes it with flour tortillas. So I, we, I, when she comes, we know she's going to eat a flour tortilla. Menudo, the way that you make it, the broth is red. Y oh, yes. menudo, la carne es cow stomach, right? La panza. Yep, the hominy. Yeah, since the cow has four stomachs, I guess we got to use them all <laughs> and make a big part of it. Yeah, <laughs> y luego también, tú le echas hueso, right? You put bone Yeah, some, some people don't put meat in it, just the stomach. Uh -huh. But I, I, your dad likes the, the meat, which is the part of the, of the thigh of the cow. The they call it hueso for caldo here, okay. and it's beef shank, shank. If you okay. see it in the store, it says beef shank. It has a lot of uh, bone marrow inside, mm -hmm. and your dad loves using that. He, he's, yeah, I know. It's just grease or something. You spread, <sighs> he spreads it on a tortilla and rolls it up, 
and mm-hmm, and I go, okay. <laughs> Not everybody can like menudo because it has a weird taste and the texture of the of the stomach of the panza. It's a little yeah. weird, but we love it. Mexicans yeah. eat everything. Yeah, but we don't throw away nothing. Yeah, and it's hard to find a good menudo. Like, oh yeah, it's super easy to mess it up. I remember once we were in our trips that we take, and we went to New Mexico, uh-huh. and oh, there's menudo. It was like white. And it didn't have only granos. What is this? And I guess, I don't know. I said, no, 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 no. Cool. Um, is there anything else about the process that you wanted to say or anything like that? Or what the receta means to you? This is the way I do it because this is the way my grandma did it. And it was so good. Oh, my God. Of course, my grandma's was better and my mother's was better. Mm-hmm. But I'm getting good at it. I'm getting good at it. And your father loves it. And it's so, it's so red good. at the end. Oh, yeah. It's everybody, my neighbors. I give it to everybody because I wanted to know that it's delicious and I cook good. I yeah. want you to taste it. Everybody, yeah. yeah. Resumiendo your menudo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got it because it's super good. Nothing compared to the bought ones. There's restaurants here. Yeah. yeah. I guess. <laughs> everybody should try it at least once. I know people are going to say, oh, what is this? And it smells ugly. It's, oh, my God. It's delicious. If you don't like it, leave it there in your Mexican friend will eat it don't worry about that i'll yeah. be there i'll find yeah, it yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, take them, you know they're not gonna like it so you eat it <laughs> may thank you for sharing that and we'll have the recipe at cpr.org i love how much you laugh with your mom i am certainly my my mother's daughter right? <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome and congratulations because ken are we was listed as one of the best of 2022 by Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts, that's Very right. Very cool. <laughs> CPR's May Ortega is host and co-creator of the podcast, Kien Are We, and she is our announcer this year. The 7th Annual Colorado Matters Holiday Extravaganza continues after a break. With memories 1,287 miles from here, you're with CPR News and KRCC. Get the gear to spread the cheer this time of year and support the public radio service you hold dear. The CPR Shop. Now open for all the Colorado Public Radio fans on your gift-giving list. Hats, t-shirts, a winter scarf, and would it be a public radio shop without a coffee mug? Come to shop.cpr.org. From CPR News and KRCC, it's the Colorado Matters Holiday Extravaganza. Once again, Ryan Warner. Our next act is a real winner, literally, the winner of a contest we ran. Let's bring out one of our judges first, CPR Southern Colorado reporter Dan Boyce. Ryan, you know I love the holiday extravaganza. You do. You've wanted to be a part of it for some time. I I have been begging you for years to get some stage time (laughs) here at the holiday extravaganza. But this year, you know, I decided that I would take a different tactic. I would ask... Ahead of time, I, I, would, I would get to you before the holiday extravaganza and, you know, try to put a bug in your hair. Hey, man, how do I, how do I get in on you this You did this thing? in midsummer, so you gave yourself enough time. Well, well, right, and, you know, you had this idea, well, 
you know, maybe let's even make this about more than you, Dan. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I, I don't really like where this is going. But we kept talking, and you went on and suggested the idea of holding a holiday song contest. And to focus it on my coverage area on Southern Colorado. Mm -hmm. it, the trouble is, it's not as if I have any clout to judge a song contest, it, at least not by myself. But a lovely woman named Vicky does. Vicki Greger, she is the longtime music director with our partner station, KRCC. And let me tell you, so she grabbed the reins of this sleigh, Ryan, and she helped guide it. We really wanted Vicki here out on stage with us tonight, but she had some other personal obligations she couldn't work around. But anyway, we put this call out for musicians living in Southern Colorado to send us a recording of say, themselves performing a holiday song. Covers would be welcome, originals were preferred, and if you could have an original holiday song that somehow incorporates Southern Colorado, that would be the trifecta. Golden, yeah. And we had some sparkling entries. Three finalists were played on Colorado Matters leading up to this big reveal. But there was one that really did nail the sweet spot you're talking about, Dan. Yeah, absolutely. And so what you will all hear tonight is just exactly the sort of light and funny sort of song we were hoping to find uh, while adding just the right amount of wry holiday disillusionment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's give a hand to our duet, Swelter and Burn, with their song, Deck the Damn Hall. I used to love Christmas Waiting for Santa Claus to come And frosting the cookies And asking what the hell is a sugar plum But I just wanna, just wanna love Christmas to love Christmas Going to Parade of Lights on Tejon Street But mistletoe's a parasite And everything's fine till the cat pees under the tree I used to love Christmas Santa through the air, but the North Pole is melting. Soon to drown the Coca-Cola polar bear. But I just wanna, just wanna love Christmas again. Drinking in Jesus, what's more American? And all I wanna do is. 
Thank you, everyone. So Swelter and Burn is Willow Welter and Lauren Siborowski, who live in Colorado Springs. Tell us about the origin of this song. Well, as adults, um, it's easy to get disenchanted with Christmas, and I used to get pretty depressed every Christmas, and I know, like, my husband was even more grumpy than I was. And so one year I said, hey, I talked him into letting us put up a Christmas tree. And, okay, I put the pretty uh, blanket around there and, like, started to get some presents and wrapped them and put them under there. And then one day I was like, what's that smell? <laughs> and it turned out our cat Lambert had decided to pee under the tree on all the presents. <laughs> so it was really stressful, but not so much as for my family and friends who received those presents, probably. <laughs> so just one example of all the good and the bad about Christmas. <laughs> Do you think that there is some sort of underlying message you're trying to convey? <laughs> In fact, there is. We would like you to jingle all the way. Now, you know, really, it can be a hard time for people. You can be depressed, but but really what Willow and I both were talking about that year, which was a few years ago, is we actually want to like Christmas. You know, we, we want to find the joy in it again. Um, all these things may happen, but we actually just want to jingle all the way. I think for me, the question is, do you check out from climate change and cat urine for the holidays? <laughs> like, or do you try to integrate that and realize the holidays can exist with that? Like, there can be merriment and not denial, you know? Absolutely. Okay, yeah. you think that they can live together? Well, we made a song about it. Yeah. Did you want to hear it? <laughs> Willow Welter and Lauren Siborowski are Swelter and Burn with their song Deck the Damn Hall representing Southern Colorado. The conclusion of the Colorado Matters holiday extravaganza after a break with the sounds of Kwanzaa. This is CPR News and KRCC. 
We are so grateful to our members, donors, and sponsors. You are such an important part of the work we do here every day. CPR News, CPR Classical, Indy 1023, Denverite, and KRCC in Southern Colorado wouldn't be possible without you. Thank you for being a part of the Colorado Public Radio family. And on behalf of listeners all over Colorado, thank you for your support. A source of gratitude for me this year is the arrival of Colorado Matters' new co-host, Chandra Thomas-Whitfield. She has covered Colorado for the last decade, often for national outlets like NBC and Essence. There are two things to know about Chandra. She's originally from New Orleans. Who dat? Wow. All right. A little bit more for New Orleans, come on. And she might just be the late singer Prince's biggest fan. Let's welcome Chandra to our stage. Chandra, you'd spent every Christmas of your life in New Orleans until 2005. That's when your family came to you in Atlanta. You were living in Atlanta at the time. What happened in 2005? I lived in Atlanta, as you mentioned, and I was visiting my family in New Orleans when Hurricane Katrina descended upon New Orleans. It had made a huge turn, and I had to evacuate New Orleans with my family. And as you know, it obliterated the Gulf Coast region, including my historic neighborhood, which was under 14 feet of water. Oh, and, and what happened specifically to your home then? Yes, our, all of our family homes were destroyed uh -huh. at that time. And uh, so my mom, Terry, called and said, prepare for company in Atlanta indefinitely. <laughs> <laughs> so... Most of my immediate family moved to Atlanta, and when winter rolled around, I realized this was going to be our first Christmas not in New Orleans, and we had to just kind of face the reality that we would not be there. And you then hosted Christmas in Atlanta, your first outside New Orleans. What did that experience teach you? Well, naturally, I was sad and emotional, but then I just had to change my perspective. Yes, my family's homes have been destroyed, but they were here, they were alive, and we could all still be together in Atlanta. So I just had that realization that home is where you make it, mm -hmm. and we made the best of it. And uh, we would just have to have our filet gumbo and oyster dressing in Atlanta. Oh, so, yes. This is something that you have taught me, never to call it oyster stuffing. It's oyster dressing. Yes. Well, we call it oyster dressing. So we don't stuff it inside of anything. Yeah. And so just think of the cornbread dressing that most people enjoy on Christmas or Thanksgiving, except it's made with oysters, mm -hmm. and it's very delicious, decadent, and as we call it, naturally gnawlins. <laughs> <laughs> so I've carried that as I've spent the last 10-plus years in Colorado making Colorado home. Colorado oysters are a little different, though. 
<laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, that's why we have uh, shipping. <laughs> shipping, yes. <laughs> we, we ship our food wherever we go. <laughs> is, is most of your family then back in New Orleans? Were they able to Yes, return? my family okay. was able to eventually move back. But I think that's what's beautiful about this experience here today is that it's a melding of cultures, and we understand that each culture brings something to the holiday season. Chandra, you're going to introduce our next act. I'll make some space in our living room, and you're going to tell us about another tradition in your family, and that is Kwanzaa. Absolutely. So ever since I moved to Colorado 10 years ago, uh, and as my kids got older, I made it a point for us to attend a Kwanzaa celebration every year. I especially love the events held by the Denver Public Library that allow us to sing and dance together and I will never forget the time my son, my oldest son, was invited to light a candle on the Canara, as you see here. And it was just so special. And Kwanzaa started in 1966 by Dr. Malana Karanga, a black studies professor in California. In short, it's a celebration of African-American culture. It begins on December 26th and runs through January 1st. Each day honors one of seven principles represented here, as I pointed out, on this Canara, which I purchased at a cute little shop called Akente Express in Denver. And those seven principles are the Swahili words for unity, self-determination, collective work and responsibility, cooperative economics, purpose, creativity, and faith. And all are welcome to celebrate the seven days of Kwanzaa. And one person who knows all about this is Senaku Donald, who helms local performance group Iwade, an acronym that stands for Intergenerational Women's African Drum and Dance Ensemble. Iwade performs all over Colorado, including at the annual Kwanzaa Unity Celebration at Cleo Parker Robinson Dance in Denver the Colorado Black Arts Festival, and I recently saw them perform at a gala for Sam Carey, which is Colorado's Black Bar Association. Please welcome the group's founder, Senaku. Welcome, Senaku. And I have to say that this group is full of women performers, and I'm getting some really strong Wakanda Forever Shuri vibes here, and just girl power. So tell us about the group. Well, um, EY Day, we started EY Day in about five, six years ago, and it's a group for black women to gather and share their love of African drum and dance. We create a healing space while also sharing love and laughter. That's like our main focus. Like we have, you know, great choreography and great drumming, but it's all about the love and laughter and community with EY Day. We're made of those who have drummed um, when, and been a part of other groups and those who have never drummed or danced at all. Previously, we were like seven to 77. So we are truly intergenerational. Um, Denver has had a strong African drumming presence in the past and we're continuing that tradition. 
So what does Kwanzaa, the celebration of Kwanzaa, mean to you personally? I actually first started um, practicing Kwanzaa in college. And so it's always been important to me to celebrate like our African-American culture. And with my family, um, we discussed the principles of the day, the seven days, and how it impacts our lives. We bring families and communities together. And my favorite day is Kumba, which is creativity, because I have this like nerdy techie side, and then I have this creative side. Exciting, exciting. So without further ado, Iwa Day. Thank you. We're just going to ask if you clap with us. Habari Gani, Habari Gani, Umoja, Umoja, Habari Gani, Habari Gani, Kuji Jakulia, Habari Gani, Habari Gani, Ujima, Ujima, Habari Gani, Habari Gani, Ujama, Ujama, Habari Gani, Habari Gani.
big thanks to the intergenerational Women's African Drum and Dance Ensemble. The ensemble performs December 26th at Cleo Parker Robinson Dance in Denver at the annual Kwanzaa Unity Celebration. And the Denver Public Library hosts a week of virtual Kwanzaa events December 26th through January 1st. The seventh annual Colorado Matters Holiday Extravaganza with thanks to our crew, Tyler Bender, Pedro Lumbrano, Pete Kramer, Justin Peacock, Martin Skavish, Matt Herz, Daniel Mesher, Doug Clifton, Alec Zuch, Brittany Wurgis, Clara Shelton, Jody Gersh, Maria Juliana Pinzon, and Carl Bielik. I'm May Ortega, you're with CPR News and KRCC.